Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court and Mazda of Everett. Now, here are former Seahawks Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday, right here on 710 Seattle Sports. We're at Bellevue Square Center Court. We've got a nice crowd in front of us. And right now, we are joined by rookie Boye Mafe. Cap it up one time for this guy. There we go. Boye, thanks for taking time out of your week. I know this is not convenient. You might want to be at home doing something else, but you are here with us. So we appreciate that, man. Uh, thanks for having me out here, honestly. You know, I'm glad to be out here. <laughs> awesome. So um, off air, we were talking about just where you would be typically in your college season. So right now, you'd probably be on game number 10. Getting ready for like a rivalry week around yep. that time. Getting ready. Um you have an idea if you're going to make it to the college playoffs or not, but you're just getting started right here in the NFL, man. How's the body feeling? How's the mental? Uh, it's definitely, you know, it feels really good, honestly. And, uh, you know, it's with this schedule and the way that things run in the NFL, you do get a lot of time to, like, focus on your body. You know, a lot of time, you know, you don't have class. You don't have all the other distractions. So, you know, this time, really you get a time to focus on yourself, focus on what you need to do, take care of your body, you know, cold tub go to the, the Normatec boots, you know, stretching, massages, whatever you need, but you have that time now, and it's really up to you to take advantage of that. Is that something that you are used to doing? When I was in college, man, a long time ago, uh, I thought I was invincible. I didn't take care of my body the way I probably should have taken care of it. Is that something that you learned in the NFL or something that you've done throughout your career already? Uh, I mean, that's later in my college career, I started to learn that. Uh, kudos to my strength staff in college. They honestly, they spent a lot of time emphasizing that and really talking to us about how we needed to focus on taking care of our body and how important it is. You know, once you get into the later part of the season, it does get, you know, wear and tear on your body. So we really emphasized that throughout the whole season. They taught us as much as they could. And, I mean, there's more things that I've learned, I realized, in NFL in the short period I've been here that, I didn't do enough, so. <laughs> you, you grew up in Minnesota, went to University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So it's Big Ten, and then your coach, Fleck, I mean, he's really turned that program around. But you were mentioning maybe just some things here. How, how big a difference is it the way they treat you in Minnesota, just from training, food, recovery, to now you all sitting here with the Seahawks who have the finest things in the world. Is there that big of a, of a difference? Yeah, I mean, you know, college is definitely changed in the way it's ran and the things that are happening in college are different now so I, I say i feel like in minnesota i had a lot of the things that i needed and all the things that if i didn't have it they would have a resource a way for me to get to it but in the nfl i feel as if there's the next level of that and for me i realized that you know everything or anything i need is really just it's all you have to do is open your mouth and ask and I've started to realize that, you know, oh, I need a uh, mas- uh, massage therapist. Okay, we have a list of people you can call. Oh, I need this. And so I'm starting to learn what I need and my routine and what things I would love, you know, to have happen throughout my week. And that's the biggest thing is finding your routine and how to prepare your body for the next game and the next game and the next game. Is there a guy on the team, I, I always ask, is, that really mentors you to help you? where to ask what you need to be doing every day because look you, you really you go from school you're in school you're only allowed what 20 hours a week with the players in college to now this is a job you know you get here at what seven in the morning but is there a guy that really is uh, pushing you through to be that mentor uh for me i've really just leaned on all the veterans uh, they've been helping me out in any way that they can they literally 
at any time I ask, you know, we have a really good team, a very healthy locker room where people are willing to help and share with what they know. And like I said, like it's, I realize now at this point, it's really just being willing to ask. As long as you're willing to ask, somebody's willing to help you. And uh, I, kudos to the team, and I appreciate all the guys, you know, Quinn and Jefferson, Uchenna, uh, Uwesu, uh, like a lot of those guys have been just there for me to talk to. And that just, even if I'm talking about the game, talking about, I don't even know anything I really need to know. Sure. So your, your football journey has been interesting because you didn't start playing until, until high school, right? Yeah, I, I went and saw my middle school. I went to boarding school in Nigeria. And then my freshman year, I came back and started playing again and getting into that whole swing of things. So it was a little late journey. You know, not I didn't have the whole starting at five years old like a lot of people. But, yeah. uh, you know, it worked out for me. And uh, I think it, it, it's a benefit. And there's things that I learned from it. And I learned from myself. Uh, you know, I didn't have like that ingrained young childhood yeah. traits of football. So I got to learn things. At older and learn it in a different way. I think I heard you say that um, people were impressed with your performance at the Senior Bowl, and I want to say I saw a quote with you saying, "You know, I just did what the coaches were asking me to do," and I thought that was so pure, man. Because throughout a journey, a lot of guys start football early, and they have so many different influences and coaches and tell them how to do things. So I almost think it was a blessing, man, that right. you know you you started late and you were you're already such a great athlete that you got this coaching. Was this always your position, or when did, when you started football, did you want to be? Everyone wants to be a quarterback when they start playing football. Did you want to be a quarterback, or, or what was that that like? Uh, honestly, I was my first position was receiver. Okay, and then I quickly realized I didn't have sticky hands like that, <laughs> and so started to find different positions. I uh, played linebacker throughout high school, and then got to college, started playing a little bit of edge linebacker like that, and then. Uh, once you know, once I declared, they honestly told me because that's one thing I didn't realize. I thought I'd be with the D lineman for the combine. Yeah, I ended up being with the linebackers. So I really didn't know where, what type of position I'd end up in, and I just kind of said, whatever falls my way or whatever is asked upon me, just go out there and do it. Yeah. How much you weighing right now? Uh, ooh, I don't know. A, <laughs> <laughs> Are you two sixty? Yeah, two sixty plus. Yeah. And and you really a forty? plus vertical inch jump. Yeah. <laughs> that, by the way, that's just unbelievable to be, to be that big. But you know, look, obviously with Flash coming out of college was your edge rusher. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had that explosiveness to it. Now it's kind of interesting because you're getting a lot of playing time, particularly the last two games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the part with you in the running game has been pretty impressive. Is that natural for you or is that the part you're learning the most on right now? Uh, I mean, I'm learning more how NFL offenses work, and that's the biggest thing I've learned. But also, I mean, playing the Big Ten, as you know, they run the ball a lot. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not a really a primary oh, yeah. passing league. So for me, I'm just, you know, taking what I've done in college and kind of those type of things and understanding how to play the run and what it takes to play the run. So uh, it's quite an adjustment to play the different type of offenses and the different type of ball that is played in the NFL. But no, I definitely like playing the run. You know, being in the Big Ten, that you pride yourself on playing good run defense. They call you a freak, one of the one of the freaks. And the reason why is he ran a sub, you know, four five forty, Crazy. forty and a half inch vertical. He's two hundred and sixty pounds. Um, as you, for those who are here, can see him. I mean, it's just you're you're an amazing athlete there. So, Thanks. but has that always been something that you know you were better athletes than than most people coming up as an athlete? Uh, I think I, I grew into that. You know, for me, you know, I came to college. 
and I was 215 wet, you know. I was oh, wow. light. I was very light, but, you know, the strength staff and everybody, and I honestly, my strength coach is pushing me. I remember times I'd get in the weight room and we'd be squatting or doing whatever, and I'd be like, that's a lot of weight in the bar. And then my coach <laughs> just looking at me like, well, you better get underneath it. <laughs> so, you know, then that, just them pushing me to you know, see what my body can do and see what I can do as, like, an athlete. And I just kept pushing myself and, you know, especially during the combine training, finding what things, you know, how I can improve myself and working on mechanics and working on how to run. You know, that's one thing yeah. that I had to relearn the whole mechanics of running and everything. You have uh, Nigerian roots. The NFL is a program to where they go back to Nigeria. They're trying to get them in the game. Um, what was it for you that that attracted you to football? And were there other sports that you were interested in when you were coming up? Yeah, uh, it's actually quite funny. So a dad, first sport he ever tried to get me into was tennis. Really? He uh, He's a big fan of tennis. He watches the U.S. Open, all the whole nine. So he wanted me to be in tennis, took me to golf lessons, I, baseball, the whole nine. And then I uh, actually watched my older brother. Uh, he played. Uh, so him and all my cousins what he play? played. He played football. Football, okay. Yeah, so watching him play, and I just see him going out there doing his thing. And he was a heck of an athlete, you know. Some people say he's better than me, but that's uh, <laughs> Is that right there? He's in the yeah. back. Hey, hey. <laughs> but uh, on top of that, you know, just seeing that and watching that growing up as a, as a young age, you know, being in fourth, fifth grade, watching him do what he's doing, you know, you know school's coming to talk to him. And then when I came back, I was just came back from boarding school. I was just like, let's, let's see what happens. And then. I kept playing it through high school, and then one thing led to another. I actually got my first interest from a college, was from basketball, and then I got my first football scholarship off of track. Wow. They saw me running on the track, and they're like, "This kid can play football," <laughs> which I don't know how that correlates, but hey, it worked out. <laughs> what what uh, what events did you run in, in track? Uh, I did hurdles, high jump, long jump, uh, triple jump, shot put. Uh, one tens. So, mean, so you you were winning uh, winning meets for, you, for your school alone. <laughs> like your boy over there, you got to win that for so My 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 son in law is Nigerian, mm. yeah, good athlete, but uh, he cannot play tennis. So I got to ask you: <laughs> Do you still play tennis? Uh, for fun. For, that's, for that's fun. strictly for fun. Were, I can't. Were, were you good at it though? Uh, I I was too young to tell. Okay, <laughs> that's a, that's that's a fun sport there too. But mm -hmm. one, one other thing we heard you you love doing is you love fishing. Oh yeah. So. Minnesota, the, with all those lakes there, uh, that that's easy. That's an easy one out here too. But mm -hmm. talk about your your fishing expertise. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what you talk about. But <laughs> for me, I love all types of fishing. You know, for bobbing or for using rigs or jigs and using all those things. Uh, that's the funnest for me. You know, going for largemouth bass or depending on you know sometimes you catch rock bass or sunfish. Even using a bobber and just waiting for a sunfish to come out there and things like that. So uh, honestly. Just being on the water, I think it's peaceful, and that's the one thing I love about fishing. It's it's peaceful, and then all of a sudden you just feel that little. And once the fish bites on, you're in for a race, and that's that's what I love about fishing. See, you're speaking that Northwest language right now. <laughs> you gotta go to Bass Bro Shop or something like that out here. Um, so last one we got for you, man. And I always love asking rookies this question because uh, I'm sure Moyer remembers this moment. I remember my moment. What was it like when you suit up? You put on an NFL jersey and you're like, man, I, I made it. Like this is, I'm living out a dream. It ain't over for you. You just can start it. But what was that moment like when you realized that everything I worked for um, is coming to reality? Uh, it was crazy, honestly. Uh, I remember it was Pittsburgh, our first preseason game. 
we fly in, we walk around the stadium. And so my, uh, my college DC was from Pittsburgh. And he actually, we had some things back in the day where he'd call our defense, like Pittsburgh names and stuff. So I was sitting in the stadium, I call him, I'm like, guess where I'm at? And then he was like, where are you? I'm like, I'm at Heinz Field. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And then it was just like a fruition moment. But when that next day we put the pads on and I walked out, we ran out of the tunnel and just seeing all the fans and then being on the field, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the real deal. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, man. Well, we're excited for you. We see all the potential that you have, man. I think last week. Um, you were getting going, man, and, and we expect more this week. Clap it up one more time for Boye Mafe. All right, that is Boye Mafe. When we return, we will go inside the film room. We'll break down Ryan Neal's sack, Ken Walker's touchdown run, and then, of course, Rick Woolen's interception. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by Bellevue Collection. I'm Michael Bumps with Paul Moyer. Every Thursday, right here on Seattle Sports 710, we got L-Dub representing in the front. We got some youngster over there with his parents. He's like, Mom, take me home. Why are we here right now? You know why we're here? Because it's Hawks Live, baby. And we got to talk some football, man. And right now, we are going to go inside the film room. This is when Paul Moore and I break down a play. The first play we're going to break down, Ryan Neal, man, he sacks Kyler Murray in the second quarter. Awaiting the snap. Seahawks blitz. Murray steps up. Murray goes down. Ryan Neal times it perfectly. A safety blitz. And the Seahawks, Dave, we're going to do a lot of that with Jamal Adams. Neal has now taken over that role. A six-yard loss. Boy, he was right in there on Murray instantly. All right, what'd you see, Moore? Yeah, nothing crazy. We end up sending four guys, but they have an empty backfield, which means they only have five guys who can block our guys and we have six guys up on the line of scrimmage or around the line of scrimmage so the offensive linemen if you you know they've got to stay on their guys uh, it's it's really this is a tough one for offensive line that's why i always hate empty backfield i go it has to be thrown quick yeah and kyler murray does not throw it quick uh, we're manned up across the board um and then our two backers drop out at the last minute nawosu uh to our right and then uh, jordan brooks who's on our, the center he's trying to occupy the center in this situation and they're going to bracket that number three receiver uh just to because it's a mismatch there. But nothing crazy. Uh, it's just a four-man rush, but, you know, they, they don't pick the blitz up properly. And, you know, Ryan Neal stunts around and comes between the tackle and the, their left guard, and they, they don't pick it up. And Kyler Murray is great an athlete he is. He wasn't good enough to get away from Ryan Neal on this one. It's almost like he sneaks up on you like, hey, I'm right here. We call Back in the day when you could blindside people, we used to call like hay blocks. Hey block? You know, like you turn around like, hey, hey you knock yeah. him out. This is what I see with Ryan Neal is that you talk about Jordan Brooks, he covers up the center, and then he drops out. What I like about it is this three technique, I believe that's Quentin Jefferson. Now he attacks the center. So he goes from that three technique all the way to like a zero. And what that does, it grabs the attention of the center, and then it grabs the attention of that guard right there. And Neal just sneaks around finds the the gap and shoots it and gets after that quarterback. It happens so fast. I can imagine Total being a quarterback back there. This. Happens so fast, so quickly. And uh, 
Big ups to Ryan Neal. All he does is make big plays, that Ryan Neal. That's all he does. And, again, I'm going to give Coach Hurt and them. I mean, clearly they saw the way they pick up certain look. And in this one, they thought they could run this. It, what looked like a blitz at the start was really just a four-man rush. And the one nice thing I forgot to mention, everybody's pretty deed up. I mean, we, we locked up on all their receivers. So there yeah. really wasn't anywhere to throw it to. Yep. All right, this next play, Ken Walker scores his second touchdown as a pro, 11-yard run. Underneath handoff to Walker, cuts back outside to the 10, stiff arms a man to the 5, he is in! Touchdown, Seahawks! Ken Walker the third from 11 yards out, carries it into the end zone on the left side. Nice job by his offensive front. Great job by Geno getting him down there. His second career touchdown. He is one happy man. And the Seahawks now double up on Arizona 18-9. Man, I really love this run more. And the reason why I do is just the creativity of this thing. You got, um, I believe that is Colby Parkinson on the right side next to Abe Lucas. So what they do is like a delayed counter typically on your counter you got your guarding your tackle um starting on the right side and they're pulling to the left side what they do is they pull uh colby parkinson and the right guard and instead of just hitting it right now and when you run these counters right if i'm running a counter to the left side typically i have my running back to the right side of the pool except they go no we're going to put him on the left side all right we're going to make these linebackers think okay if he's on the left side typically what's he going to do cross the QB's face and give him that zone look you got all that action going on up front instead of crossing Geno's face um, Ken Walker is nice and patient Geno the timing is good you got that right guard that pulls you got that tight end that pulls and then you got bodies on bodies man I love the violence that's going on in the box right here and then the rest is just Ken Walker man he gets the football he gets outside he does like a little hop skip stiff arm something I've never seen before in football there's not too many things where I look at film and say I've never seen that before this guy did that and I'm like I've never seen it it works it freezes the safety and he scores a touchdown Ken Walker is a creative runner with the ball in his hands. Yeah, there's so many cool things to this. You mentioned it, they run a, a counter trap and, and bring uh, Phil Haynes over. And Phil trips initially. It looks like his foot, feet get caught up in maybe with our center, but still has enough athletic ability just to, to, to screen uh, the, the edge uh, defensive end there. There's some good blocking here, but for the most part, yeah, I'm going to put this one on Walker. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember we, we had a running back, Kurt Warner, back in the early 80s. Uh, Kurt, run, Kurt Warner, the running back from Penn State. Great running back, just instinctive vision. And the coaches used to get mad because sometimes they'd say, Kurt, stay with the hole. And then after a while, they said, you know what, we got to let him have his freedom because right. his big plays come from something that he just sees naturally. Because I'm looking at this play, this play is definitely up the middle i mean they they kick the end out so there's there's room up the middle and and there's some space there but i see both safeties coming in to squeeze up the middle between the hash marks but if he hits it you know maybe he runs over one of the safeties he's definitely going to get another five yard we're going to get inside the 10 yard line on this for sure yeah probably inside the five but man, instinctive runners do what they do, and he sees it. And I, 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 I ran this one over and over, and I go, "What does he see? You know what he sees? I'm so fast. These guys are stationary. I can make this jump cut outside, and I can outrun them all." Uh-huh. And he outran the corner, who's in perfect position. The guy couldn't didn't even get a hand on him, and he's in perfect position to make this tackle. That is skill, man. So with him, he's going to make some jump cuts and some things where you go, ah, oh, stay with the hole. 
But I'll tell you what, 80% of the time, he's going to make that jump cut where you go, stay with uh, great run. Way to go. You <laughs> broke it outside just like I wanted you to. Good coaching. I didn't tell you what to do on that one. But he is, uh, his vision and speed is something special. My coach, this is just getting started. My coach used to tell me, you get the football in your hands, give your, your blocks a chance, and then go for what you know. And that's exactly what we did. Give, give it a chance. Okay, this is where I'm supposed to go. Now I'm going to go for what I know. I'm going to do what I do. I think that's what we saw right there. He's gifted now. All right, this last play we're going to break down. Tariq Woolen gets his fourth interception on Kyler Murray. Seattle lines up four to rush on Kyler Murray, and they rush four. Murray steps up. He's going to throw deep down the sideline, and Woolen reaches up, and he makes another interception. Are you kidding me? Tariq Woolen, perfect position. Intercepts his fourth in four games. And Woolen now has become the seventh player in franchise history to record an interception in four consecutive games. The last one was BB Brandon Browner back in 2011. More sooner or later, sooner or later they're going to learn not to test this man. Yeah, it looks you see. Well, I, at first I thought we were running a Tampa, too, because you've got Jordan Brooks playing about 15 yards deep. Uh-huh. And so the old Tampa, two is the, the weakness of a cover, two is down the middle. And so uh, Tampa Bay way back when said, hey, we're going to get these really speedy linebackers, and they're going to run really deep down the middle of the field, and it almost turns into like a three-deep zone, yeah. even though uh, I've got my middle linebacker in the middle. So that's kind of a Tampa, two uh, history lesson there. And so <laughs> that's what I thought it was originally. But then... It, and then it's kind of a quarter, quarter, half. So it looks like we're playing kind of cover two up top. I don't know what we're playing. Here's what I do know. <laughs> they said, Tyreek Woolen, you're on your own, buddy. Yeah. You are. We're not helping you. Um, he's up in press. He gets the receiver to, to release outside. So now he knows he's got the sideline. He's pinned him to the sideline. You cannot throw deep on this guy. They're not going to do this very often. It's just, he's too tall, he's too fast. He ends up making it look like he's the wide receiver. It's such great coverage. Man, I, guys, th- this rookie class is really special. And this kid, who's about what now? It's his, be his sixth game. He was fit. It's his 21, 21st game at yeah. corner. Yep. Uh, he's, he's light years ahead of where he should be. He's, he's special. Yeah, what's uh, impressive, we don't know what he's in, but a, He's playing it like it's man. I think it is a form of man everywhere else, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. They tried to run a fade route, go route on him. Forget about it. Well, I'm sorry. I had to jump in on here because there's some breaking news in the NFC West right now. The Panthers are trading star running back Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers. What? What? Yes, that is happening right now. And here are the terms. The Niners are going to get Christian McCaffrey. Oh, my The Panthers gosh. are getting a second-round pick in 2023, a third-rounder in 2023, a fourth-round pick in 2023, plus a fifth-rounder in 2024. Once again, Panthers trading Christian oh McCaffrey to the 49ers. Oh, my goodness. And so he'll play three or four games this year. Yeah. He's yeah, paper. You're way more He's calm paper. than me. I don't care. All he, all he did is he just took more touches away from Samuel. You're Look, too, I'm trying to spin it right now, too right? calm right now, man. Eh. I, I got to process this. Are y'all with me on this? McCaffrey with the Niners right now? Oh, my gosh. What's going on? You know what they do with running backs over there? That's going to be tough, man. No, it ain't going to be easy. Oh, man. Are we rapping right now, Nass? Are we rapping? Yeah. All right.
Yeah. We wrapping. All right, we're going to get out of here. We, let's talk about this Honestly, off here. I thought okay, you were about let's to say about he was coming here. And by the way, my story would have been so much different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That was inside the film room. We broke some plays down. Tariq Willens interception. Ken Walker's touchdown. Ryan Neal sack. When we return, it's time to talk. That talk will break down some topics. He, he'll say he's right. I say I'm right. We'll see what happens there. That is next right here on Hawks Live. It's time to talk that talk with Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer on Hawks Live. Welcome back to Hawks Live presented by Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday right here at 7 o'clock, 7 to 9. We're at Bellevue Square Center Court. I'm Michael Bumpus, joined with my guy, Paul Moyer. And now it's time to talk. That's talk. That's when we pick some topics. And he tells me I'm wrong every week. <laughs> and I tell him I'm right every week. And uh, then we talk about it again on Sunday and figure out, ah, we probably were both wrong. Or both right. <laughs> or both right. <laughs> All right, the first topic we're going to throw out there, we just talked about it. You guys saw my pure and natural reaction to this news. McCaffrey is now a niner. That means they have Debo Samuel, George Kittle, yeah. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Am I missing anybody? Yeah, you got Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G. Yeah, that's the that's the that's that's our. Uh, All right, let wild me finish asking there. you the question. Go ahead. Does this move make the Niners contenders? Because at some at one point, I want to say like week two. Yeah, we thought you and I thought they were contenders. Yeah, because I thought Jimmy looked way better than Trey Lance, and their defense is so legitimate. Their running game is a problem. Um, yeah, I think it puts them back as contenders. Uh, I look, I'm also a big believer. It's one guy. You can only put the ball in the hands to one guy at a time. Um, I think it, it, it is a defensive coach. It's it's a problem because they run screens and crossing routes. And yeah. You're trying to fit in an in in intricate running game. You're trying to figure out what defense works. I know what I would do against them. What would you do? I'd, I'd run what I call, I used to run an 11 robber. I would, any crossing route, I'd have one of the safeties jump it. The other safety would be freed up. I'd always keep a guy in the middle of the field robbed. I'd man up against everybody because I don't think the receivers are that good. I would hug their running backs at all time. I would not let them run a screen. I'd say, Jimmy Garoppolo, you have to beat me. I'm going to shut your running game down, your screen game down, and your crossing routes, and this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to live in this 80% of the time, and I'm going to run it so well like we used to run it. We'll get like 37 interceptions off of it. Who's we? Who's uh, this back when we used to do it, um, way back when, <laughs> back when we didn't have uh, face masks and leather helmets. <laughs> but, no, it makes him dangerous. There's no question. His, his big thing, he's not the player he was a couple years ago. He's injury prone. Um, again, you can't give the ball to everybody, but I think what it makes them dangerous now is you don't have to give Samuel the ball 20 times a game. Right. You don't have to give Caffrey 20 times a game. You give it to him 15 times a game to mix in Kittle and Samuel in the pass game and Ayuk, and look, they're dangerous, and they got a great defense. They're going to be a problem. All right, this is why I agree with you. I think they become contenders again because I look at the NFC. You got Philly at six and zero, the Vikings at five and one, Giants at five and one, Dallas at four and two. The Giants and Cowboys are going to knock each other out because only one person, only one team can win that division. After that, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams at three and three, and they're one of those teams 
at three and three. So are the Seattle Seahawks. So right now it's anybody's game. I see the I see Philly at six and zero, oh, but I think eventually something's gonna happen. I They're gonna going lose a couple games. That's for sure. They're gonna lose a couple games. No one goes undefeated since when? Was it seventy two? Was it seventy two? Dolphins. Yeah, that was fourteen and zero though. They ended up going seventeen and zero and winning three games in the playoffs. Now we got seventeen games. You got to win twenty. That's a that's yeah. a big that's a big difference. No one's going undefeated. Um, it, it, look, their defense makes them always a contender. And, you know, adding another weapon is, you know, it's going to be more difficult. But let's see what happens with injuries and everything. And let's see if it meshes. Yeah. Um, it, it makes them dangerous. I'm trying to sugarcoat it. Like I said, <laughs> for those who are here, if they had announced a Seahawks traded for him, I'd say, that's the greatest trade ever. <laughs> but they did give up. Their second, their third, their fourth next year, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I think they gave up a fifth uh, in 2024. The, the, the salary cap hit on that. Their defense is going to have to take a hit. They're not going to be able to sign all their defensive linemen next year. So they're they're, they're all, all in, in this year. All in right all now. Kind of like the Rams did last year. It worked out for them. Yeah, it did. They had a different quarterback, though. Yeah. So let's see how that works out. Okay, I guess we agree on that one. This next one. All right, I got this one. All right. Do I want this one? Is it time? Have we finally gotten to the point where we feel bad for Russell Wilson? Let me ask the crowd. If you feel bad for Russell, raise your hand. Not a one. Heartless souls. They're 12s. You do not care about <laughs> Russell Wilson on this play. I, I feel bad for him because I saw him in the press conference, and I'm like, I was reminded that he was a human being. I know he got everything he asked for. And here's the thing about Russell Wilson. Good husband. Good father, good in the community. Yeah. Probably not the best with his teammates. Probably not the best with his coaches. But I've, I've, we've grown up with dudes who are way worse people than Russell Wilson. Absolutely. So that's what makes me feel for him because I separate him from football and I'm like, he's a person. And I feel for him right now. Granted, he's getting everything that he asked for and he has to deal with it. But that last press conference, man, it looked like a, a puppy dog that's just been abused, man. He didn't say, let's ride or go Broncos or almost say, you know, go Hawks or anything like that. I mean, he just walked off with his tail between his legs. I, I think for the first time, he's truly being humbled. Yeah. And I mean humbled, humbled. And um, I, I feel bad. I don't want anybody to to go through life and, and not have success you right. know, and stuff. And he's brought it all himself. So I'm not quite there yet where I feel bad, bad for him. Uh-huh. But if it continues on and they go and win just two more games and we get a top five pick out of that from Denver, then I'll feel bad for him because <laughs> it won't matter anymore because we won't see him for seven years. Yep, I'm with you. The worse they do, the better it is for the Seattle Seahawks. All right, we have this one highlighted, and yeah. I think it things have changed now. So I'm interested <laughs> to see. You can't do that. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I want to see what you think about yeah. this. Okay. The Seahawks have a legit shot at winning the NFC West. They do. I'm, and, you know, look, we're tied for first. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teams I'm looking at who we're going to be playing are struggling right now. Right. We're young. We're going to just get better. We just had Boye Mafe here who's going to be – 
He's going to keep getting better. Watch him. Exceptional laugh. young man. Exceptional. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've look. We've had Kobe Bryant on. We've had Tariq Woolen on. We've had Lucas on. We've had Cross all here on Hawks Live, <laughs> and they're all exceptional young men. Yes, they are, and they're going to be, and they already are exceptional football players, and they're rookies. They're going to get better. So I think we, because of that, have a legit shot. We need our defense to keep improving. I think our offense is going to be tough for most teams. San Francisco clearly jumps out there now um and the rams are still the team to beat until we, we we do but yeah we got a legit shot yep i'm with you you definitely have a shot you still got to see how this McCaffrey thing works out can he stay healthy does it mesh well you look at the rams only averaging like 17 points a game we're not used to seeing that but things need to happen defensively for the seahawks for them to continue to be um contenders in this whole thing this nfc west all right last one uh, so last one, let's make this one about Sunday. Okay. And look, a lot of hype coming into this year. Justin Herbert, and he's a really good quarterback. And all of a sudden, this guy, Geno Smith, comes out of nowhere. So, with Geno Smith, will he outshine Justin Herbert on Sunday? Outshine, no. Well, outperform. That, that's the question. Outperform, yes. He's not going to outshine him. You know why? Because outshining me, like, Justin Herbert is going to make some throws that Geno Smith just can't make. That doesn't mean that he's going to play a better game. Outshine to the, the general public, to the naked eye, to the person who watches football for the long ball, for the, the arm slot that's over here and over there, the back pedal over the top. They're going to look at Justin Herbert and be like, man, that kid is special. But to the trained eye, <laughs> you're going to see Geno under center, get the ball out on time to the tight end, check out of things, boom, hand the football off. And to the trained eye, we're going to be like, that's a quarterback right there. So outshine? No. Justin Herbert might even throw for more yards than Geno Smith. But Geno's going to have the more efficient game. He's going to be the veteran quarterback he is. I'm not sure you answered my question. I did. And by the way, the producer Roach outshined, and you. I said no. Ripped. I said no. All right, no. so you're just saying no. He's not going to outshine. Him. No, but you know, I but can I can oh, I? Oh, you want to add another love? question? No, no, to it. there was no question. Okay. I just said he's not going to outshine, but he's going to outperform. Outperform him. Yeah. You got right. to listen, okay. Paul. So, in my question, outshine means outperform. No. Just. No, I'm, it doesn't. It does in my question. <laughs> I asked the question. Is he going to outperform him? You said yes. You said yes. Tomato, tomato, get him, got him. All right. I, Shoot him, shot him. I think Geno Smith's going to have a better game, outshine, outperform, whatever we want to say, <laughs> than Justin Herbert. And partly is he's hurt. Um, and we didn't – last week was the running game. This is a game of, of um, uh, adjustments. They're going to try and shut our running game down. Our tight ends are going to be involved. We didn't see Tyler Lockett or DK get a lot of opportunities last week. They're going to get some opportunities last week. We know their corners are struggling. Uh, if we can protect uh, this week, which I think we won't, they won't have Bosa, I think Geno uh, is going to outshine, outperform, and out anything – Justin Herbert. Out anything, huh? Yep. All right. You heard it here. I won. I don't care what y'all say. I don't care what he says. I won. You're the host. No, we the host. It says says Michael Bumpus and Paul Moore. Oh, never mind. Then I won. All right. (laughs) All right. When we return, we'll give you our final thoughts and keys to the game. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. The last segment of the greatest show on sports radio. 
Hawks Live every Thursday right here on 710 Seattle Sports. We're at Bellevue Square Center Court. Where we shine. We shine. I shine, you shine, we shine, perform. and then I perform. Yeah. Okay? So uh, let's talk about how these guys are going to perform this weekend. What do they need to do offensively and defensively to stay in this game? Because you look at the Chargers, you look at them on paper, they got a lot of names, but there's some holes in their game. Like every team has their holes. What needs to happen? Yeah, you know, I mean, this ain't, it's not rocket science. And we've been talking about it a bunch, and last week was one of the few times where, you know, defensively not give up big plays. Uh, the only real big one was that, you know, quarterback trap that went for about 40 yards on Kyler Murray, and we adjusted to that. They tried to run it again later in the game, and we stuffed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jordan Brooks came over the talk and just took out Kyler Murray. So we, we learned. Um, I, I think, you know, Tyreek Woolen has, has gotten better and better, and now he knows, okay, I, you know, if I don't know, go ahead and get deep. You know, we can't give up the big play. So I, I think that's the, the most critical thing. If we can do what we did last week against the run and really occupy their guard and center and let Jordan Brooks run to the ball, I think we'll be fine against the run. Um, offensively, you know, it's just like it's a simple one. Don't turn the ball over. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how we play them, though, defense, our offense versus their defense. Yeah. Because they do. They play a similar type of defense. Um, they don't want to give up the big plays. They do have a pretty good front uh, in the, the, their interior line. But I, I got a feeling this will be a game that we're going to have to rely on Geno a little bit more because they're really going to emphasize trying to take away a running game. I agree. And I think it's, um, it's time for Geno again. Two weeks in a row, they weren't great on third down. And um, I think Shane Waldron is going to get back to doing what he does, which is being creative, the shifts, the motions. You got Ken Walker, who's proven that, look, I can handle 20, 25 carries a game. And uh, I think that the approach has to be underneath to start. I think initially throwing the football, the approach was, okay, let's take a couple shots early because they were anticipating teams taking away, which it probably they probably did on film, taking away the underneath stuff. So it's about being patient and being efficient. Um, and I want to go after, after J.C. Jackson from the very start. Mentally, he's struggling. We know he's a good ball player, but you got to test him. Uh, defensively, I think it starts in the back end. And I think number 27 has a legit opportunity, Tariq Woolen, to have five games in a row with an inter- interception because they throw the ball and on average 42 times per game. They threw it 50-plus times uh, the last game. So there, is, there are opportunities out there. Yeah, you stay with Eckler. You know, he, he can beat you in the running game and in the passing game. So uh, they're a pretty good screen team as well. But I like our chances. This will be a game that's not like going into Kansas City with, you know, 85,000, 90,000 sea of red. Uh, this is going to be a neutral game where we're going to be loud with 12s there. Um, we'll probably be louder than them. So I like our chances. We're going to have to play well. Special teams are we got to be special. Uh, we can't be losing games uh, on special teams. So count on them to have a big one, too. That is key. The defense did not give up a touchdown last week. That was the special teams. Um, a couple weeks prior, you got muff punts. You got fumbles. I think now they understand that, or not understand, but they've taken Tyler Lockett out of that punt return role, and we saw like DJ that. Dallas back there. Then we also saw D. Eskridge returning kicks. I think that's the way to go. That's what you get got these guys for, these young guys. Put those young bloods out there and, and let them do their thing and let Lockett focus on just being the best receiver that he could be and just get after the quarterback. 
He's only been sacked seven times. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a tough one to sack. Um, we don't need to sack him. We need to hit him. Yeah. We need to make sure that we take away their primary and that he's not patting the ball back there and can look all over the field. Um, we forgot Gerald Everett's their, their tight end. He's their third re- leading receiver as well. So, you know, we know what he's capable of. You know, he's a good one. He's not great. He's not a guy that we have to fear matched up like uh, Kittle or something. Uh, but he's, he's, he's capable of, of hurting us. So, look, we're just going to have to play a great game. Every game we have to play great. But if we do play great and we don't turn the ball over and we can get a couple turnovers, well, we're capable of beating anybody. This is a big game for the Hawks. Yep. And we can go four and three with the schedule coming up. Um, you know, San Francisco just got McCaffrey, so uh, we're going to have to keep uh, the, the pedal on the metal and, and win some games. The pedal to the metal. Yeah. And, um, and just be efficient and cause a couple of turnovers. Justin Herbert is more than capable of throwing for 350, 400 yards and lighten it up. Don't let him do that. Be as creative as you were against the Arizona Cardinals when it comes to stunts, to moving guys, to making the offensive line have to communicate. That is what I'm looking for. And then I want to see if Ken Walker can back it up two games in a row. Can you look the same way you did last week? I Yes, he can. He's that skilled. Now, will he get enough opportunities? That, that'll be the big one. we got to convert on third down. Um, and we need someone else other than Woolen to come up with an interception. Uh, so if we, if we can get one or two, uh, you know, if Woolen wants to get one, so be it. But I, I like your earlier uh, comment about Diggs. Uh, they like to work the middle of the field. Herbert's very good at it. Uh, let's see if Diggs comes up with one. All right. Thank you to the people who hung around and won raffles. You guys are the luckiest couple in the world. Bless you and your endeavors in life. <laughs> but that is it for us. Special thanks to Phil Haynes, Boye Mafe for joining us, Soro, our board operator, Brady Robic, on-site engineer, Brennan Rogers, production assistant is Nashant Kandapudi, and our executive producer is Nasa Chobi. The CR Spaghetti Show is live this Sunday starting at 10 a.m. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Bumas with Paul Moyer. We'll be back next week right here on Hawks Live.